Sasha. Hey, Courtney. What did the vampire say when he saw his baby son? I don't know. What? What do we call that newfangled thing? <laughs> How did the vampire mother know that her little vampire had a cold? I don't know. She heard him coughing. Oh, my God. What do baby zombies oh, wear? Oh, there's more. I don't know what. Diapers. Ah! It's spoop hour of endless jokes. <laughs> won't stop do they ever on spoop hour a paranormal comedy <laughs> podcast hosted by two halloweenies this is how we talk now <laughs> apparently and welcome to our radio show sunday sunday sunday, sunday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway as always find us on the internet at spoop hour on both twitter and instagram for a second i thought you were gonna say netflix and i was like are we on netflix are now? we on netflix <laughs> we I'm have not d- been signed for netflix yet but we yes. should you know, we're not going to say there aren't rumblings. There for sure aren't. <laughs> don't say for sure. You right. don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Who's to Some, say? Someone from Netflix could be listening. Yeah, someone from Netflix is like, I like the cut of their jib. I wonder what their show would be like. Probably weird. Our show would be us going to places. Ooh, yeah. Doing, it would be like another paranormal investigators, except yeah. more fun. <laughs> Because the two of us are scared of everything. Yay! Yes. Anyway. So anyway, find us on the internet at Spoop Hour on Twitter and Instagram. Not email on us. Yet. Nope, not yet. And find us or email us to chat with us or to share stories or whatever topics at spoophour at gmail.com. You no longer have to send us your stories of how your parents used to scare you as kids. We're finally doing that episode. (laughs) But if you have some and you didn't send them in because you were nervous or whatever, that's okay. We'll still take them. We'll read them on a future episode. You just won't be part of the mega-sode on parent scare tactics. Which apparently... Apparently... Apparently, we should not be doing... We'll get into we'll it. We'll get into it, but it's great. Yeah. Um, did anything spooky happen to you this week? Yes. Today, I left the house, <laughs> which was a mistake. It is very hot here. It's been 100 degrees for, like, an entire week. Yeah. Like, kill us. I, here, I'm going to pull I up. I mean, don't kill us, but, like... I mean, it's going it's to. It's going to kill us, because uh, it's Currently, it is 92, but it feels like 100. Mm-hmm. There's an excessive heat warning, and the humidity is 50%. Fucking kill us. The air quality has been just bad. Oh, yeah. Like, all I, week. I leave the house and it feels like I get socked in the chest. Like, every day I left from work this week, I was like, <gasps> it's been it's fun. the worst. Anyway, I left the house today. Mistake. Went to the gym. Bigger mistake. Aw. But <laughs> when I opened our front door, a, I walked through a spider web. No. And I was like, oh, no, a spider web. And while I was doing the, like, get it off me thing, I noticed that the spider was still fucking in it. And it was fucking huge. And it was, like, two seconds from my face. Just burned the whole house down. I did. And I'm- that's why we're sitting in the ashes. <laughs> I texted our roommate, our mysterious third roommate from my car. And I was like, hey, when you get up, there's a spider on the door. Can you kill it? Because I didn't want to have to deal with it when I got back from the gym. And she's like, yeah, just give me a minute. you know." And I'm like, no, it's fine. Take your time. But, like... Please get it. And she got it. So she saved me. But Amazing. I do have a very blurry picture of it. Oh, good. Look at it. Oh, no. That's like, a large spider. It's huge. Oh, it's very detailed. It's horrible. <laughs> I hate it. That's what happened to me. What happened to you? I did have a nightmare that oh. I was in a store and a rat scurried across my feet a couple days ago. And I wouldn't tell this other than in the dream I was like, well, I guess something spooky did happen to me this week. <laughs> When I was doing research for this episode and including my booty catcher, booty. there was one pay- there was one website that was like specifically like, you know, how our Arab parents care- scared us as kids, and one of them was threatened to lock you in a room full of rats. <laughs> That's what that just reminded me of. Jesus Christ. And now we're just going to have rat dreams. Yay! Well, I guess once was tangentially related to that, a mouse <gasps> crawled up my parents' oven like exhaust pipe and then came out the top. And there was a little mouse on their stove just hanging out. Uh, and my brother was like, 
ratatouille? <laughs> and then... And he was, like, in the middle of cooking, and he was like, this is awkward. This is awkward. And then... And he had Pat Oswalt's voice. My, my brother, like, really wanted to keep it, but I think the mouse has gotten now to a different plane of existence. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, R.I.P. Mouse. R.I.P. Mouse. I will oh. say, you shouldn't keep outdoor mice as, as pets. pets. Yeah. I was like, I'll get you an indoor mouse yeah, as a pet. Yeah, they're good pets. Ma- yeah. Mice and rats are both good pets, he, but like, don't just like abscond one from he, the outdoors. He's currently unemployed, so that would give oh. him something to like, <laughs> to, ca- to, to look after. Look after. He's gonna like, is it the guy in the green mile that has the mouse? Yeah. 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 So he could be that guy. And then my dad was like, what if he becomes, like, the kid from, like, Ben or Willard? And I was <laughs> like, oh, no. And nothing nothing too spooky happened to me this week, except that when Mystery I was doing notes. research, just god-awful research for wedding venues, which is just a fucking mistake. <laughs> just don't bother. Just don't even bother. I think. Just elope. Just, at this point, it's like, okay, babe, we're probably just going to elope. <laughs> yeah, like, it's for the best. Um, but one of the places... <laughs> Like, had a little thing that asked, like, oh, is it haunted? Ah! Is there a ghost? And I was like, we're getting married here. Yep. <laughs> so, like, I don't care how much it is. I want to get married with a ghost yep. in a haunted place. There you go. We found love in a haunted place. <laughs> the other option is you bring the ghost with you. We and then there's the, the uncorking us. fee. Yes. It's there's... like when you bring your own wine to restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. If you know of any haunted wedding venues, hit us up. <laughs> do you want to just, like, dive? Well, we do have a snack. We do have a snack. They're not that exciting, but they are fucking delicious. Fu- and also, this is not what I expected when I was like, are these Easter eggs? <laughs> I sent Sasha a teaser picture where I just super zoomed in on the side of the box because we have party-sprinkled devil's food donut holes from there very delicious. I'm I just realizing. Hold on, close that box again. Has that N always been there before the M? Entenmans. Yeah, it's Entenmans. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, it's not Entenmans. Did I just fold over from a parallel universe where that N does not exist? I think so, but I, I've always it. known it as Entenmans. Jesus Christ! Yeah. I've always said Entenmans because there's no N before the M. No, it's Entenmans. What the fuck? <laughs> Anyway, that's the other spooky like, thing that happened to me. I just came here from a parallel universe. I like the, the party is in different colors. Yes, but they taste like their devil's food full donuts. Yeah. And they have sprinkles on them. Yeah. So I super zoomed in on sprinkles and sent the picture to Sasha and was like, it's our snack. It's and a super like, secret. It's rainbow. Is it candy? Nope. Before we dive in, would you like to do a booty catcher? I sure do. Okay, so this booty catcher is themed after this uh, episode, and so I made all the colors gross. So Great. we got chartreuse, Ooh. puce, beige, and brown. I pick chartreuse because I want to watch you spell it. Okay, C-H-A-R-T-R-E-U-S-E. There you go. Yeah. All right, <laughs> seven, eight, three, or four? Three. One, two, three. One, two, six, five, or six? Two. Two. All right. If you don't behave... Uh-oh. A dog will eat your toes. No, not my toes. <laughs> All right, oh, no. my turn. That just reminded me of a folk tale that I heard. Oh god, that I don't have in my research. Why didn't I put it in my research? I'm so dumb. Anyway, pick a color. Uh, you can pick a hard one for me to spell too. Chartreuse. C H A R T R E U S E. Boom. Uh, five. One, two, three, four, five. Eight. You don't behave, all your teeth will fall out. Oh, God. Oi. 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 All right, let me do another one. Yeah, let's do one more. Okay. (laughs) What color? Puce. Puce. P-U-C-E. All right, three, four, seven, eight. Four. One, two, three, four. Three, four, seven, eight. You picked eight? Yeah, I picked eight. Okay, then I will pick four again. Four. All right, if you don't behave, you will be put up for adoption. (laughs) Fuck. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, pick a color. Uh, beige. B-E-I-G-E. Um, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One. If you don't behave, your parents will call the cops on you. Oh, God. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, that do was... Do you ever wonder what you would do if someone in your life were a murderer? Would you call the cops on them? I don't know. I know. Um, I think it would depend on the situation. Like, if it was like, he had it coming, I murdered him, then it would be like, I understand. We should probably still go to the police, but I understand why you didn't. But if it was just like, I don't know, I'm a serial killer, I would for sure. Like, if if you were Ted Bundy, I would call the cops on you. I'm sorry. Same. There's a game called Persona 4. Jack was sitting there, and we got to like, like, episode 7 had Mm -hmm. like this big, like, 
thing that happens. And Jack was like, that's so weird because I feel like this is the end of the game. What are the like the rest of the episodes in this anime going to be of? And then it goes into like a new arc about like one mm-hmm. of the characters and like trying to defeat like the ultimate big bad. And he was like, I don't remember any of this from the game. And I was like, did you play like the the like the golden version of it? He goes, yeah. And so he looks up the plot of the game and realizes he got the bad ending of the oh, game. Oh no! And so he didn't get any of like so everything after. Up. And the bad ending of the game was you either turn in the person into the, to the cops, mm-hmm. or because he's reforming himself and he realizes that he's oh, done something you're wrong. Like, you're like, okay, I'm just gonna like pretend like nothing happened. Yeah. And so he just picked that one because he felt bad for the guy. Oh my god! And so he didn't get any of the rest of the oh, game. Oh no! <laughs> and it didn't give him like a clear game over screen. Yikes. It just like went it to the credits. It just like went straight to the credits. Oops. And so yeah, I'm always gonna turn people. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, but like if you did something really bad, you're on blast, Jack. Don't kill anyone. <laughs> Don't kill anyone. I will I, turn you into the cops. On the note of watching things, this yeah. is exclusively for Dr. Elisa Lucas. I watched yes. the entirety of the Veronica new season Mars. of Veronica Mars yesterday, and I got it was nine twenty. And I was on the last episode, and I was like, okay, here are my choices. I can either go to bed now and watch it in the morning, but I have a shit ton of stuff to do today. So I was like, I'm going to be pressed for time tomorrow. I'm not going to be able to do it. So I was like, I'll just stay up, you know, power through it, and then just go to bed after. I'm sure I'll be fine, and I won't be all worked up. Guess what? You were so worked up. fucking worked up. (laughs) And then I didn't fall asleep till, like, midnight, and then I woke up at 5 a.m. with new theories. So, like, what does it even fucking matter? Like. I won't say anything because it is incredibly spoilery. Anyway, anyway, other ways <laughs> Other ways your parents can can scare you into behaving. Your parents will abandon you at the circus <laughs> if you are not uh, don't behave. Then also the monster in the closet will get you. Fair. Santa will skip your house. I did have a fear one year that I had been, I, I thought that I had been bad all year yeah. and my parents didn't realize it. And I was like, it's going to be so awkward on Christmas when I have to explain to my parents why Santa didn't bring me anything and he brought something for my brother. Like, because <laughs> I've been so bad this year. And then Santa brought me something anyway, but I've always been a guilty, anxious oh child. Oh my God. <laughs> Santa will skip your houses from one uh, of the stories. stories yeah, yeah, I've got that one. Um, right the now. toilet will suck you in. Yikes. And then we got all the other ones, I think. Okay. Isn't yeah. there that children's book about, like, if you stay in the bath too long, you get too pruny, and then you go down the, the drain? drain? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you should have done the tub will suck you in. <sighs> Actually, that was one of my big fears. There was a talking toilet, I think, on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh-huh. And, and then there was, like, another movie or some TV show or something. Maybe it was a commercial. Mm-hmm. Fuzzy Memories. That had, like, a talking toilet. I was so fucking scared of the toilet when I was little. Oh. And not in like a I won't use it kind but, of way, but, but in like a, a it mom or dad, I need you to like be in the bathroom with me because otherwise this toilet might eat me. And that was a fear. Yeah. Yeah. It's legit. Yeah. So yeah. we are talking about parental scare tactics. <laughs> Yikes. I thank you so much to everyone who sent in <laughs> stories and or allowed us to like Trawl your horrible nightmare childhoods. Yeah. Turns out we all had them. Like, my God. You yeah. have so many bathroom issues. Yeah. So many bathroom issues. Anyway. I, I only go poop in the woods. That does explain why you do that. Yeah. You heard it here first of all. I understand now. <laughs> <laughs> it's real hard now that I've moved and I don't, I just have kind of like a simple backyard and not woods yeah. in our house. Because in the last two places that we lived together, We've we had, had woods. woods. Yeah. Pooping is real difficult now. The neighbors are like, is she okay? <laughs> they keep calling the cops. I swear to God, she's just pooping in her yard. And pe- the police are like, I mean, I guess that's technically not illegal. Phantom pooper. <laughs> the phantom. Remember when there was that woman running around? She would jog and then she'd just shit on people's she, yards? Yep. Anyway. That was me. <laughs> just kidding. I'm worried that someone like actually thinks I Someone's poop outside. Someone's like, what the fuck? No, I Poops have, in a bucket. I have two wonderful bathrooms. <laughs> she poops in two wonderful buckets. <laughs> All right. So, I... We asked the internet and our friends therein to share stories of their scary childhoods. I amassed them all into a giant document. Mm -hmm. Back when we first asked for stories of parental scare tactics, my mom, classic mom, mom, was one of the first people to respond. In fact, I believe she was the first person to respond. And she wrote, when I was in kindergarten, I must have been terrible at washing my hands. I guess my mom had had it one day and yelled, if you don't wash your hands, you are going to get sick and die. (laughs) That was scary enough for me. I didn't even need a monster story. I remember thinking I would die, and I guess I got a bit zealous about the hand washing as my kindergarten teacher called a meeting with my mom. My mom told me when I was an adult that the teacher sat her down and said she was concerned about my sudden excessive washing. 
Beverly feels the need to wash her hands every time she touches something. My mom had to admit what she told me, that she told me I was going to die if I didn't wash. Shortly thereafter, I reverted back to my old hand-washing habit. When I hit the ripe old age of eight in the late 60s, <laughs> we were driving down the street. My mom, out of the blue, got really mad and yelled at me that if I ever hitchhiked, she would cut off my thumbs. See, you don't need monsters and creatures to scare your children into behaving. Threaten real life things. It's like, it's not even like <laughs> a monster will come and cut off your thumbs. No, it's just, it's, I, I will, will cut and cut off your thumbs. Damn, grandma. Right? <laughs> okay. I will say there is a, this is the thing that I did not put in my research, which is super dumb, but there is the long-legged red pantaloon great scissor man here i'm gonna look up his name yeah. ah yes okay so it's struel peter but struel peter he <laughs> he is basically it's it tells you like don't suck your thumbs because mm. if you suck your thumbs then this man's gonna cut his sis- take his scissors out and cut your thumbs I've heard clean of off this guy. yeah 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 and so like why didn't i think of that but like it definitely made its way over from Germany into, like, English folklore because I read a book years ago that posits a world in which, like, fairy tales and stuff are mm-hmm. real, and there's, like, a police sting to try and capture the great long-legged scissor man because he was cutting off children's thumbs. Uh, don't cut off kids' thumbs, you fucking no, weirdos. Just, like, we need our thumbs. Anyway, that's, that's that guy. And then... Augie, our beloved Augie. Our beloved Augie. Of the short stories of Augie Peterson, you can see in the document that I put from Augie. I was just looking at the cross stitch she made us. It was just so pretty. So pretty. I love her. Mwah. Anyway, she wrote, my mom used to threaten me with Jesus. She would always tell me he was watching. So when I was little, even when I was alone, I was absolutely terrified that if I did anything bad that was, anything that was bad according to the Bible, according to my mom, according to society, I was going to hell. The moment I realized it was such a significant part of me was when my grandmother passed away. I was college-aged when it happened, and I remember crying... All I remember crying about was thinking of her and my other grandparents burning in hell. Of course, at that point, I had also been educated about Dante's Inferno, and that made things 100% worse. (laughs) Threatening your kids with something paranormal is intense, but I feel like using religion to do it, especially with such a far reach, makes that thing inescapable for anyone involved especially when you follow up homeschooling with Christian education for not only high school, but college as well. Since my childhood, my mom has mellowed out a bit. She was harsh on us because she used her religion as her sanity as she went through a nasty divorce with my dad. So don't think my mom is some evil Bible thumper that preached fire and brimstone. So my parents did not preach fire and brimstone, but as we all know, I was raised Catholic. Mm. And when I was in ninth grade... Good old Catholic guilt. Yeah, I remember in ninth grade getting this really intense fear that... The apocalypse would happen, like, because, <gasps> so when I was in ninth grade, it was two years after September 11th happened, it was when everybody was kind of scared about, like, chemical weapons, and yeah. we, were close, we were close enough to D.C. that, like, my dad had bought, like, plastic sheeting and stuff in case we needed to seal off the house, and then I was afraid, like, if that happened, our souls wouldn't be in the state that they could go to heaven, it would oh, just be, Lord. so I was terrified oh, that, no. like, something would happen and our lives would end abruptly and we wouldn't have the chance to do, like, last rites and, like, sneak into heaven. And I admitted this to a boy that I had a crush on. Who knows why? It didn't not work. But he just, his only response, and I remember being like, what the fuck? I'm asking for comfort. His response was, I always said they guilt you Catholics too much. And I'm like, this is not helping. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Yeah, okay. he sucked. And, he like, sucked. none of us should have, had a, should have had a crush on him, but, like, half of the people we know had a crush on him. It was a very strange thing. It was thing. a weird time. It was a very strange thing that all of our friend groups always had, like, a crush on, like, all the, the same, terrible bad people. Yeah, and it was always, like, the same dudes. Yeah, and like, they're all bad. And they all sucked. You, like, there was, like, two boys in high school that I had crushes on who were actually, like, nice. Well, three. Okay. Three were okay. One of them was Mormon. One of them was Mormon. <laughs> the big one was Mormon. One of them would later come out of the closet and was gay. Oh, yes. And then he the was third, a very nice boy. Yes. The third one was just a nice guy. He was like the only nice one. Yeah. Out of you, all of them. And he was still, he could be kind of a little shit, but he was, he was fundamentally even nice. Even in my other friend group, like the, the girls in my grade. We all liked people. They all liked the same person and they were all terrible. We, yeah. I found out when I was in college that one of the boys who like a bunch of people had a crush on, I made out with him in ninth grade at a party. 
I did not like him. No. I made out with him because it was spin the bottle. Oh. Um, but anyway. You played spin the bottle? Was at Matt's, you was, big slutty slut. It was, it was at Matt's like summer party. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't know people actually played spin yeah. the bottle. Um, How were our high school experiences so different? <laughs> um, but... Uh, but this this one boy, everyone had a crush on him senior year, sure. and I thought he was an idiot. Um, sure. Because I made out with him in ninth grade and got that out of my system. I, I found out been... when I was in college that senior year, he would always leave his backpack with us in this, like, nice group of girls or whatever who were in orchestra and art and everything. Like, he would leave his backpack with us and hang out with us in the morning a little bit and then leave to go to the bathroom. But really, he was selling drugs. <gasps> what? <laughs> so we were his cover because we were what the nice fuck? girls. I had a very different high school well, experience. Well, no, but I didn't know. <laughs> I until know, I was but in college. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we were all like a bunch huh. of nerds who took like Japanese and orchestra. No and wonder art. our parents tried to scare us into <laughs> behaving. Jesus. Um, I was oh thinking about the, the Jesus, the using Jesus to scare people. Sure. Um, my, my parents are not religious. We weren't raised religious or anything, but my parents still used like Kamisama's watching. Oh, you know, yeah. Like the, the general Kamisama. Yeah. Not, like, a Christian god or anything like that. Just general kamisama is watching. Yeah, like, um, my parents... Be good. And then during the Christmas season, it was Santa. Santa's watching. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, my parents were never, like... Even though, obviously, we went to church every week. We did all the big church things. We weren't just Christmas and Easter Catholics. Priesters. Priesters. We were, like, legit. And... Like, I did my first confession when I was, like, six, and that's a very strange, weird experience to tell, like... I remember, like, the only sin that I could come up with that I had done was I was like, I told my parents, I, I gossiped about someone at my school with my parents, and then he was like, say, three Hail Marys. And now looking back on it, I'm like, is that even a sin? I was just sharing stories of my day. Yeah, that wasn't really gossip. But, it's just like, okay. how was your day at school? I can't tell you because it's a sin. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just weird to be, like, six and be telling this man who's not supposed to know who you are, but you can clearly see him through, like, the little holes in yeah, the he confession. Knows who you yeah, are. he knew who he I was. He knows you're a little six-year-old. And I was just like, what's happening? But whatever. So, like, even with that, like, my parents didn't have to be like, God is always watching because we were getting that message every week in church. So I was just like, oh, my God. Anyway. Whew. 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 Thanks, Augie. And then uh, Christy from our DC stands for Demon Cat slash our Australia-based friend. Yes. She responded, nope, her parents didn't scare her. Uncle read me maybe half of Night of the Living Dummy when I was three and he was nine, and I slept so badly for years. Chucky Poster's just reiterating the concept in movie stores. My parents never messed with that ish. Yeah. <laughs> my parents also, I, I called my dad just to like confirm this because yeah. I couldn't think of anything. My parents didn't scare me as a child because I was already a very anxious child scared of everything. Mm-hmm. So it was more of like, you just need to behave because you need to behave, yeah. right? So my dad was like, yeah, we definitely did not do that to you. In fact, we had to, like, alleviate your anxiety by, like, making up things to, like, get you to calm You're down. Like, no, so, like, it's okay. One of them was, like, I was so scared of our basement. And whenever my mom... Oh, yeah, mom, your mom would sing you the my songs. My mom would sing me, sing songs, to stand on the top stair and sing songs to me to make sure that I could still hear her. And as long as I could hear her, I was safe. Yeah, nothing could get you. So nothing will get me. So that was the opposite. But, yeah, like, whenever, like... There were, you know, Chucky things, like, in you know, go to Blockbuster and there's, like, a scary movie poster. Oh, yeah. I think it was, like, Clockwork Orange's movie poster, he, the Jeepers Creepers movie Oh, uh, God, poster, that poster right? was creepy. It was so bad. Yeah. So, like, I would have to, like, hold their hand and, like, walk through, like, the new oh. releases, like, scary movie section. Oh, man. See, yeah. the problem was, like, my parents never intentionally scared me. Like, obviously, there were, like, fears of punishment and getting yelled at and whatever, right. but not, like, something's gonna get you if you don't do X. Mm-hmm. But, like... I was afraid of everything. My brother loves scary stuff. So he was all about goosebumps, are you afraid of the dark? And obviously when I was little, I was like, I can do it too. Hard But it was way too scary for me. At one point he was reading a Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure book where like 80% of your options are the monster gets you in some horrible way or another or like you fall off a cliff and die or whatever. And I remember my brother was like, well, if you're so brave, you can read it. And I remember being like, fine, I'll just read it straight through like any other book. Like instead of being like, to turn left down the hallway, go to page seven. I was just going from like page one, page two, page three, page four. And it wasn't really scary. (laughs) It's fine. That's a good, actually a good method to get through that. (laughs) Right. 
And then our friend Hannah from college said, my dad used to tell us when we were little that if we looked up at bats, they would fly down and pull all of our hair out. It took me a long time before I realized it wasn't true, but I still feel negatively towards bats even now. This one time at band camp as an adult, we were staying in a cabin and a bat oh. flew into the cabin and there was a group of us that saw the bat and we were like, oh God, like we can't tell the band director because he's, he's like so scared of bats. And then the next day, <laughs> one of the group of us who made the pact to not tell sat him down during our lunch break and said, there's a bat in the cabin. You had one fucking job. You had one job. job. <laughs> there's a bat in the cabin. Anyway, so Andrea, my best friend, and her sister Amanda, their dad had the Japanese room inspector. Poor <laughs> Andrea, I don't remember him being scary, but I'm sure they made him out to be. When we lived in Korea and from then on, we had the inspector come to make sure our rooms were clean. He would come at night. That's all I re- really remember, but it worked. <laughs> And then our friend Manda said, my parents didn't really threaten with spooky stories, but my dad did tell me about La Llorona and oh. then refused to confirm that she was not real. Little me. Haha, <laughs> that's not real. My dad. Shrug emoji. Little me. Uh, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> it's good to know that, like, all of our talking about La Llorona actually, like, yeah, was important to some of the people we know. One of our Lady Pod Squad friends, we'll get to the story she did share, but her wife grew up thinking La Llorona was real as oh, well. No. So it's like, don't do that. Because, like, that was a big parental scare tactic. It was, you know, don't go near bodies of water by yourself. Like, it's a classic, you're going to drown. But it was, if you go near bodies of water by yourself, La Llorona is going to get you. Yeah. Ugh. Chris from the Game Brew podcast and also college. <laughs> um, we have a lot of friends We have a lot of friends who, who also have podcasts. We're, like, so popular. Um, my dad used to tell me that there were snallygasters in the basement, so I wouldn't go down there and find his model train collection. <laughs> that one made me laugh out loud when I saw it, because I just love that it's like, it's not because, you know, the basement is unfinished and you can, like, cut your foot on something. No, it's because he didn't want you to find his model like, trains. Um, this is my dad cave. Like, you don't get you don't to come get, down here. You don't get to play with these trains. These yeah. are my trains. So there's a snallygaster. What's a snallygaster? I don't know, but it'll get you. <laughs> Uh, our friend Kristen from the haunted yellow house who remember her mm-hmm. mom had a dream about her past life said not really I didn't need it I figured it out myself if a cow could jump over the moon it could jump in my window and attack many sleepless nights also not spooky great grandmother used to scare my grandma and siblings by saying I'll put you in the cellar with the pigs no one knows <laughs> Jesus. A lot of them were like, I'll put you in X place with X animals. Yeah. Like, I'll put you in the room with all the rats. Mm -hmm. I'll put you in the cellar with all the pigs. It's like, oh, okay. I will say that the one thing my dad mentioned when I was on the phone was more of a recent thing. Mm -hmm. Um, God, I don't know. It must have started, like, really with my brother, not me, Mm -hmm. because I was scared of everything. But my parents... Well, my brother would say that there was a guy living in our crawl space, and my parents like, no! played along with it. No! Because <laughs> my brother is weird, and my parents... Was it like a nice guy in your crawl space? Yeah, he's just, it's just Carlos. He just lives in the oh. crawl space. <laughs> you but know, crawl, crawl Carlos, space, Carlos. <laughs> Carlos from the crawl space. I'm scared of everything, so I was like, don't even joke about that. And this is me like... You all know what my nightmare is. As, as like a teenager, I'm like, don't even joke. Um, it's not funny. And then in college, I was like, this is still not funny. <laughs> But we would still sometimes like like make crack jokes about Carlos in the crawl space and like if Jeremy misbehaved, like, oh you're just gonna have to go live in the crawl space with Carlos. <laughs> you and Carlos are on your own. And I don't my know brother is like, okay, fine, I'll go live in the crawl space with Carlos. We don't really have a crawl space in our house. Well, Carlos must thing. have been very skinny. Yeah, he was very skinny. We have like under it's like we have like these like storage boxes in like the brick wall, like yeah. in one of our exposed brick walls in our thing. But like that's it. Like mm. it wasn't really I don't I guess you could call it a crawl space. It's yeah. like a little Harry Potter cupboard, but it's yeah. just full of like old tech stuff. Look, we don't want a body and, like, shame. And one of them is like a wine, um, wine, wine cellar. Yeah. Well, crawl space Carl. Carlos. Is a, car, sorry, Carlos. crawl space Carlos is a little bit of a wino. <laughs> he is a little bit of a wino. So, so he like, lives with the wine bottles. He wa- he's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'll just stay on it. You yeah. won't even. Shh. You won't even know. Don't even worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So my friend Victoria from college says, my dad told me that there were spiders in the drain that would come out and eat me if I took too long showering. Ugh. And so she, this is an, a like, fully actualized adult woman. Yeah. She says, to this day, I hate showers and can't stand in being one more than 12 minutes. 
Also, my boyfriend asked me why I point the shower head so far up, and I realized I've been unconsciously standing as far away from the shower drains my entire life. Thanks, Dad. Jesus Christ. And I was like, no, because I love showers. I, I want to take long-ass showers. I'm like, that sucks so, so much. Nice. Yeah, my dad just called them Hollywood showers, and he threatened to turn the hot water off oh. if you took a Hollywood shower too frequently. Mm. But, like, it wasn't like a monster's going to get you. It was just he called them Hollywood showers, and he'd turn the heat Are off. we made out of money? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was the, do I look like I'm made out of hot water? I'm not. <laughs> My friend Steph said, my mom told my sister that she had eyes in the back of her head and threatened to show her. And then my friend from high school, who also used to work at our school, mm-hmm. um, said that her mom also did this. And so I was like, damn, okay. Oh, boy. My, my elementary school, middle school, high school, even now friend, Adriana, said, when I first transitioned from a crib to a big girl bed, oh, my, mom, my mom told me that God gave her a tool to take my feet off if I got up out of my bed during the night, and apparently it worked. Shrug emoji, facepalm emoji. <laughs> what? what is with all of the removal of body parts? Yeah, like, right? Jesus Christ, no wonder we're so scared of body horror. Right. One of my former students, Shen said, Dad said that I, at age four, had batteries, since I was created in a factory and adopted. He said that if I don't go to bed on time, he wouldn't replace them at night, which explains a lot. And so Shen is adopted. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no! so, so it's not that... Oh. It, it's, it's common knowledge. It's, yeah, well, yeah. no, but I mean, like, yeah. to say that, like, you know you're adopted, but yeah. we got you from a factory, factory, and you run on batteries, <laughs> and batteries are not included. <laughs> and so Shen's sister, Anna, who's also adopted said one time near Christmas, Shen and I were fighting, so my dad threatened to call Santa Claus and tell him to not come this year if we didn't stop. We didn't stop to ask... (laughs) We didn't stop. So he actually called the place where we would go see Santa and told the guy we should not get presents this year. To make it more believable, he made us apologize to Santa and each other, (laughs) and after that we didn't fight with each other around Christmas. So I had Shen as a student class of 2018, Mm -hmm. and then I had his sister Anna class of 2019 and so like I and I saw they were like close in age and so I could always like see that dynamic and I'm like yeah that makes sense you guys would fight during Christmas (laughs) I I love them both they're really just great amazing Cece said that when uh we lived off of a really busy highway my mom said if we got within 10 feet of the road or went out the gollywoggles a monster would tear us apart turns out gollywoggles is a racist slur Welp. Whoops. <laughs> I just, so many of those, like, 1800s, like, racist terms yeah. are, one, horrible, like, stop being demeaning to people in all these weird ways, and two, they're just silly-sounding words. Yeah. Like, it's fucked that you're trying to demean people, and then you use a stupid-sounding word to do it. Yeah. Come on. And then now people use a stupid-sounding word and don't realize. Yeah. Like, oh, crap. It, it sounds like Snallygaster. Yeah, right. Gollywoggle. Yeah, or, sounds like, or like nematodes. Fucking, fucking Harry Potter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Fucka. Fucka. Blast-ended scroots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, the blast-ended scroots are gonna get you. Hmm. <laughs> All right, another one of my former students, Long, says, When I used to live in a house next to the forest, my mom told me that if I didn't behave, she would send me outside to be kidnapped by werewolves. Jesus Christ. That's some, like, forbidden forest Yeah, shit. it's like, look, I don't want to have to send you out to the werewolves, but I will. But I will. <laughs> and then our high school friend Bryce said, My mom threatened to hang me in the closet by my fingernails. Looking back at that comment now, it's pretty horrifying. And you know, I do remember one of my high school teachers telling me that her parents, like, would threaten... Because it was something, like, she, she would say like oh uh, you guys don't want me to hang you by your fingernails and we were like yeah. what why would you do that she goes i don't know my parents would threaten me with jesus christ <laughs> but it, it was out of like joke. yeah she yeah. wasn't actually mad at us yeah and she'd be like joking like oh, i'll hang you by your fingernails and i'm like wow yeah. <laughs> yikes all right well i took you a couple of the groups that i'm in on facebook mm-hmm. hashtag humble brag that was that was groups. great I, I liked getting the facebook notifications yeah i was just like wandering around mm-hmm so I went to the Shooterinos group, which is, of course, fans Shits of Shits Creek and <laughs> Shits Creek and my favorite murder fans. I just like that there are so many, there are so many. Areno groups. <laughs> yes. Because it's, okay, we're going to be murderinos, but we're also going to talk we about other We also have things. our like, other interests. Dr. Lisa Lucas invited me to teach Arenos, yep. which is mostly an educator's group, but mm-hmm. also with a 
strong, strong. crime component. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm in Marshmallow Arenas, which is, of course, fans of Veronica Mars and My Favorite Murder. Which I feel like is a classic match. Yeah. Like, Obviously, if you grew up like, watching Veronica Mars, you probably also are into true crime. Yeah, and, like, I got into Veronica Mars late, like, after college, but yeah. still. I'm in Shitterinos, I'm in Bakerinos, which is baking and My Favorite <laughs> Murder, and then I'm in my local Murderino groups, and I'm in my favorite Mulaney, which is John Mulaney. <laughs> he is my favorite Mulaney, though. Yeah. He's, he's the best Mulaney. Yeah, there are so many. Anyway, so Rochelle from the Shooterinos group said, Parrot here, my kids were always afraid of the ice cream vans because I told them only no! child molesters drove around in unmarked white vans giving ice cream to kids. Made sense to me, smiley face. But then she explained, when I grew up in Southern California, the ice cream trucks are branded. I lived in NorCal, the start of the murder Pacific Northwest, because it's true. The Pacific Northwest has a lot of murders. It does, it yeah. just It just does. It just does. It's just a weird thing. Whatever. She lived in NorCal as a new parent and was horrified that the ice cream trucks were guys driving around in plain white vans, playing music, and selling ice cream from a cooler in the back. Way too creepy for me. My daughters, both murderinos, say I scarred them for life. That's funny, though, because, like, in this area, too, all the ice cream trucks are marked. They have the ice cream menu on the side. Yeah, they're all marked. Yeah, so, like... (laughs) I understand. I understand too. Yeah, like this wasn't she was doing it to scare her kids. She was doing it because when she grew up, like, yeah, you don't do those. You yeah. don't go to the blank tracks with ice cream because those people are trying to kill you. It's like another podcast that I'm seeing live tonight. One of the hosts where he grew up around Boston, and at the time he was growing up, there were dudes dressed as clowns in vans trying to offer kids candy and then abduct them. Like That's, that. <laughs> I d- like it's a practical consideration to be like watch out for white vans yeah i mean (laughs) yeah like i think everyone is always taught to like stay away from unmarked white vans which kind of sucks because there are like a a lot of amazon delivery things are done in unmarked white vans now or like an enterprise van or when you go like okay i just need to go to home depot to buy some stuff to like fix things up a lot of contractors just have like a white van they might have like a magnet on it Mm -hmm. but like that's it and so i'm always like oh i'm gonna get abducted in the home depot parking lot this is how it ends i'm a 30 year old woman who's about to get abducted (laughs) r.i.p i had a good run by a contractor who's just trying to pick up some materials for a project It's like, I'm not, but... Well, it's to the point, like... Connection. When the DC sniper was happening, all this misinformation went out about a white van. It's just because white vans are common, so wherever there was a shooting, a white van was seen. But it's just because there are a lot of those. And so... Someone got sniped in a Home Depot parking garage. Yes. We were told, like, watch out for white vans, watch out for white vans. And it's to the point now where, like, if there is a white van parked, I will not park next to it. Mm -mm. Because I'm like, I'm going to get out of the car and they're just going to grab me and pull me in. Which is insane. I'm almost 30. I'm a grown-ass woman. They're welcome to try and abduct me, but I'd probably just, like, thrash and punch them in the dick. But, like, come on. Our school system has some white and dark green vans, and the only marking on them are on the passenger and driver's side door. It has a crest for the school system. It's so small. (laughs) So whenever I, like, see a white van pulling up at our school, I'm like, does it have the crest? Oh, my God. Anyway, we then turn to our Lady Pod Squad compatriots Mm -hmm. for stories from their childhoods. And Christina from the Freak Nation podcast said, I grew up in southern Louisiana. My dad was raised basically on the bayou and was a commercial shrimper when I was a kid. So basically swamp people with the bad accents minus the gator hunting. Yes, I had one of those as a professor in college. Amazing. I love the Cajun accent. I'm not going to lie. It was very hard to learn statistics, but he was a very nice man. I believe it. (laughs) Anyway, as kids, we were told if we snuck out of the house, the Rougarou would get us. The Rougarou was this smelly, hairy swamp (laughs) creature that ate children that misbehaved. That's me. (laughs) Momo? <laughs> There's even a display of the Rougarou at the zoo in New Orleans. <gasps> so, like, I'm going to be in New Orleans this fall, so I'm like, I got to find yeah. this fucking exhibit. Anyway, Christina says, I literally didn't leave my house at night until I was probably 16. Wow. <laughs> so it fucking worked. That's amazing. Yeah. Kelsey from the Pilot Lights podcast said that when my family moved from Maine to Florida, my dad and I convinced my little sister that Alligator Man lived under the pool. (laughs) And that if she went near the pool by herself at night, he'd get her. My mom sold the house after my dad's passing a few years ago, but my sister would still get freaked out swimming by herself at night until the day it sold. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) 
And then Liz from Mystery Time Adventure Hour said, My family had the little man legend. We were told about a little man who lived in the attic and would come down to the kitchen at night to find food. So, of course, my aunt went as far as to dress up in a hooded cloak and come downstairs to the kitchen at night with a little basket collecting food. Scared us as kids bad enough that we laid in bed with our eyes shut so hard we had no choice but to fall asleep with the quickness. Then there was the pumpkinage. My parents always said if we were naughty, they would drop us off the pumpkinage. IDK, maybe a cross between a pumpkin patch and an orphan. <laughs> but I know I would cry in the back of a car and when we passed the pumpkin patches in That's the so fall. That's so sad because pumpkin patches are great. I know, but she's like, I don't want to be left here. Oh my God. <laughs> Sally said, when my sister and I were very young, we had the blue jean jelly bean. <laughs> It was this very little round blue creature that wore exclusively jeans and we were told would terrorize us if we got out of bed at night, I think. (laughs) At least nighttime was when it did little kid hunting. Our grandfather made him up and would tell us creepy stories about him at bedtime when we came to visit. Sadly, I can't remember any of the stories. I just remember being terrified, but also desperately wanting to see the BJJB all the same. (laughs) I never believed it was real. Pretty sure my younger sister did, though. Oof. And then Sunny said, I have a friend that does this tactic to his children. He was brought up on child's no. play. So coming to life and killing you was a thing that used to scare him as a kid. Now he has three boys and says stuff like, Chucky will come and get you, act scared, and point and scream, Chucky! And the jerk has a Chucky doll at the house now. The boys are seven, five, and four. Fuck! No! <laughs> no! Don't do Don't it! Don't do that. Allison said, my mother was more of a, I'm going to count to three... And people would ask her, what happens when you get to three? And she'd say, I don't know. I've never had to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally, Marie from the Go Your Own YA podcast said, Mom told me when I was bad, horns were growing out of my head. And I would always run to see if they were really there this time. Oh, my God. That's that's that's, that's a, a great one. Because yeah. it's like, not only are you going to stop doing the behavior so you can go see if the horns mm-hmm. are growing, you now live in fear of like, oh, what if the horns do come oh, this time? Oh, what if the horns do come this time? My, uh, going back to my family, my uncle also commented on my Facebook status with like, what, how did your parents scare you as a kid? And he just wrote, belt. <laughs> and then, the, and then my mom said that, so okay, my, my mom, my grandparents, I don't, like, I wish I had known them because they passed away when I was, one before I was born and then one when I was really little. Mm-hmm. But they were apparently just like really nice people because my mom said like, my grandpa never yelled at her, never, like, you know, hit her or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And my grandma was also very, like, mild-mannered and kind, which makes sense for my mom's, like, parenting tactics. Sure. But the only thing that they might say if she was being, in, like, misbehaving or something was that the bees will get you. <laughs> <laughs> Not the bees! And, um... And yeah, what was the, the actual phrase was, and so like, the bees will get you. Um, and then, yeah, and then my dad didn't really say anything for him, but he and my uncle had the same parents. But I think, I, I've talked to my grandparents about this before, and my both of them were teachers. And so mostly it was like, you guys just need to like help out around the house and like get ready for dinner before we come home because like, we're tired. <laughs> we need to like, just get it together. Yeah. And then I asked Jack about what his parents did, mm-hmm. and he said that he could only think of, like, two ways his parents scared him, and one was his grandpa would, like, when he was really little, his grandpa would be driving, and if Jack was talking too much when they were in the car, you know, as like, a, oh, you don't want to be distracted when you're driving, it was, you know, if something happens and you're talking too much in the car, you're going to bite your tongue and your tongue's going to fall off and it doesn't grow back. <laughs> And so Jack, I mean, it's true, it doesn't. And then so Jack would just be very quiet in car rides. <laughs> and then for his mom, whenever his mom was driving and he wanted to like turn on the, the lights or whatever oh, in the yeah. car, she would say, oh, that's illegal. You know, you can't do that. We'll get pulled over and we'll oh, have to go man. to jail. Which is funny because I think my parents also said that too, like driving with the oh, lights yeah. on is illegal. Amazing. <laughs> we did when I was little. We had gone through like a drive-thru. It was me, my mom, and my brother. My mom, we got, she got a soda with mm-hmm. her meal and she was drinking it as we drove out of the drive-thru. And my brother and I were freaking out because we are like, you're not supposed to drink and drive! You're not supposed to drink and drive! Oh my god! That, yes, that <laughs> happened to me too. Yeah. I saw, my, my dad was drinking like a bottle of water or something. I was like, no! <laughs> you can't do that! Don't drink and drive! Uh, classic. Yeah. 
But yeah, since I was such an anxiety riddled child, it was like, we're not going to scare no. Sasha. But Jeremy is fine. Yeah, we can scare Jeremy. <laughs> we can scare Jeremy. Do you want to hear about how parents in Russia scare their kids? I would. So according to Russia Beyond, our girl Baba Yaga is often used as a boogeyman. So, children who misbehave have been told, stop that or Baba Yaga will come eat you. Baba Yaga! Yes, queen! And that's why I love Ant- the second Ant-Man movie, mm-hmm. where the the one, like, Russian compatriot in their group would be like, is it Baba Yaga? <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, gets really, yes. like, into Baba Yaga. It's always Baba Yaga. Russia also has Barmalay, who is a cannibal pirate with which to scare children. He started out in Corny Tchaikovsky's fairy tale poem, Barmalay. The poem warned children against going to Africa. You ready to hear this poem? It's yes. bananas. Little children, for nothing in the world, do not go to Africa. Do not go to Africa for a walk. You know how you can just walk to Africa yeah, from Russia? Yeah, of course. In Africa, there are sharks. In Africa, there are gorillas. In Africa, there are large, evil crocodiles. They will bite you, beat, and offend you. (laughs) Don't you go, children, to Africa for a walk. In Africa, there is a robber. In Africa, there is a villain. In Africa, there is terrible Barmalay. He runs about Africa and eats children. Nasty, vicious, greedy Barmalay. The hero of the piece, Dr. Abolit, asks a crocodile brought by a gorilla, which... What? What? Do crocodiles and gorillas hang out? I don't know. Is this something no one has told us? I feel us? like I've seen that once in The Simpsons and the crocodile ate the gorilla. Aw. Well, the crocodile doesn't eat this gorilla. Okay. It seems like they're friends. They're friends. Okay, that's good. I don't know. Anyway, like so this crocodile that was brought by... I guess the crocodile would be the gorilla's pet if the crocodile is brought by the gorilla. Yeah. I don't know. I have questions. <laughs> to swallow up Barmalay so that his reign of child-eating terror could be brought to an end. The crocodile swallows him, but somehow while within his stomachy prison, Barmalay promises to change. He gets released and becomes a nice, friendly baker. There is now a fountain in Volgograd, which is formerly Stalingrad, of six children dancing around a crocodile called Barmalay Fountain. That's amazing. I want to go find that. Right? Also, can we set that story to, like, Africa's Toto? Or Toto's Africa? Probably. (laughs) 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 Russia... Is not done scaring their children, though. They also have Babe. Nobody knows who Babe is or what he looks like. Children are told to imagine what he looks like, so obviously they think of whatever is going to be the scariest for them. Because if you're told, like, it's a really scary thing, you now have an image in your head of what that is. So, congrats. That's Babe. Irina Leshkova, a psychologist from Moscow, posted to Facebook asking friends to share how their parents used to scare them. And I put in my notes, twinsies. Twinsies. Because we did, too. One respondent wrote that his parents told him that Babe lived in the ventilation grating in his parents' house. Trick. And eight children who ate their soup too slowly. Aww. As a result, he said that he was always terrified of the dark and had always eaten his soup quickly. I'm a slow eater, and so my parents would mm-hmm. always just be like, your food's going to get cold. And it did. <laughs> <laughs> and then the man came out, then, then Crawl Space Carlos came out and ate you <laughs> for eating your soup too slowly. <laughs> Oh, man. And then, but I also found that, once again, scaryforkids.com provides with a bedtime story called Parents. Oh, good. It's fucking bananas. Hold on to your hat. Once upon a time, a teenage girl wanted to go to a disco for the very first time. You know, how teenagers go to the disco. (laughs) It's great. I don't know when this story takes place. You'll see why in a minute. (laughs) She asked her parents for permission, but they said she was too young. When she tried to argue her point, her parents refused to listen and sent her to her room. Pissed that her parents wouldn't let her go to the disco, the girl decided to sneak out of the house. She did the classic pillows under the blanket trick and then got ready for her hot night of disco action. She put on her nicest dress, applied some makeup, then opened her bedroom door. Her parents were in the kitchen, so she tiptoed down the stairs and out of the house. When she got home after the disco, she found her bedroom in a state of disrepair. Her blankets were crumpled, and there was a hole in one of the sheets and a pillow. The next morning when she came down for breakfast, she didn't say anything about the weird hole to her parents, but they were looking at her strangely. That night, the girl's parents went out for dinner. The girl tried to call her friend... But she was out of minutes on her cell phone. Oh, no. When does this story take place? Because when it said disco, I was like, okay, so this is from like the 70s. But then she's out of minutes on her cell phone. So it's like 2003? Is this in America? I don't know. Discotheque? I don't, donde esta la discotheque? I don't know. I don't know. Où est la discotheque? I don't know. Anyway, she had to go to the store to buy more minutes. Otherwise, she would have to wait till after 9 o'clock when calls were free. Oh. <laughs> 
It was getting dark, so in the interest of time, she decided to take a shortcut through a park. Never take a shortcut through a park. No, never do that. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Just go the long way. While she was walking a deserted path, a masked man jumped out of the bushes and tried to attack her with an iron bar. The girl narrowly dodged the attack and sprinted home, too scared to look behind her. When the girl's parents came home from dinner, the girl told them what happened. But instead of calling the cops or comforting their daughter, they simply scolded her for walking alone through the park in the dark. But then they remembered that they, you know, were her fucking parents, so they told her to go take a warm bath and just, you know, try and relax. The girl did this, closed her eyes, and tried to calm her nerves in the bathtub. But then the door burst open and the girl's mother came charging in. In her hands was a toaster! The woman threw the toaster towards the bathtub before her daughter could react, but she had misjudged the length of the cord and the toaster dropped harmlessly to the floor. The girl was stunned. Her mother had just tried to kill her. What the fuck? The girl leapt out of the tub and demanded answers from her parents. If they didn't explain themselves, she'd call the cops. Spoiler alert, should have called the fucking cops. Her parents came clean. Her father's brother was a successful businessman with a huge fortune. Unfortunately, he was also terminally ill in the hospital. When he drew up his will, he decided to leave all his money to his favorite niece. When her uncle died, the teenage girl would receive over a million dollars, which again points to this being in the 70s because a million dollars now is like not that much money, but whatever. But if she were dead, the money would revert to her parents. And as I put in my notes, eh, not necessarily, but I guess scaryforkids.com doesn't know much about estate law. Yeah. Short version is it depends on your state, how they're going to, if the person's dead, who they'll pass away to. Right, right. Whatever. Stunned, and presumably also still wet and naked, the girl realized that her parents were monsters who wanted to kill their own daughter for money. She immediately packed her things and left the house that very night. Good. She cut all ties with her parents and was eventually able to make something of her life, working and putting herself through school. She even maintained her relationship with her uncle, presumably Scrooge McDuck, visiting him every week in the hospital. In her first year at university, she met a guy that Scary for Kids describes as, quote, Seeming very nice. Seeming. Not not very good looking, but with an attractive personality. Which is what my dating profile said. (laughs) She thought this was it. Finally, she found someone with whom she could feel safe. After a few months, they decided to get married. They invited all their friends, but after explaining her parents' betrayal, she did not invite them to the wedding. Because again, she still didn't call the cops, so they're wandering around free. The day after the wedding, the newlyweds won off to their honeymoon in the mountains. They Uh, decided to kick things off with a boat trip around a lake. uh, They rode out to the center of the lake, uh, and the girl admired the autumnal trees and beautiful sunset. uh, But then her new husband stood up and grabbed his wife. He threw her over the side of the boat, and she fell into the icy water. He grabbed an oar and started hitting her with it while she struggled to stay above the waves. But eventually, she lost the fight and sank to the bottom of the lake. What the fuck? The husband took a moment to collect himself, then rode back to the shore and called the police, sobbing that his wife had accidentally fallen overboard and drowned. Mysteriously, within the week, the girl's uncle would also be dead, smothered by a pillow in his hospital room. Within a few months, the girl's husband received the payout, which he then split with the girl's parents. Dun, dun, dun! Oh, God. Moral of the story is trust no bitch. Trust no bitch. Just don't do it. Also, call the cops when your parents try to kill you. Yeah. Like, I guess you have complex feelings because they are your parents, but nothing changed. They still fucking want you dead. So, call the damn cops. Anyway, do you want to talk about why you shouldn't scare your kids? Yeah. So, I was just looking, just remember Namahage from Japan. And we've talked about Namahaga before, but it's basically this northern Japanese New Year's ritual where these people dressed up like oni, specifically Namahaga, like demons, would come around going to different people's homes and finding out if the kids had been lazy or if they'd been naughty. And basically, like, the... You're admonishing the kids for bad behavior or whatever and, like, saying, be good this year or whatever. Yeah, fuckers. And so it's actually a UNESCO, like, heritage thing. Nice. So, like, that's that's some scaring child stuff that we can get behind because it's a cultural (laughs) icon. Yes. Um, That's different. Like, folklore. Folklore. Like, I'm sure the parents aren't actually, like, the Namahage are going to eat you. Yeah. It's just more of, like, a every year every, this thing happens. It's like yeah. every year we do setsubu and we throw beans yeah. at somebody in the backyard. Right. This is what we do. Yeah. So, but why we shouldn't? So, as I was looking up things for my booty catcher, basically, when I googled, like, ways for parents to scare kids into behaving... <laughs> 
all of the Google search results were basically why you shouldn't do that. Yep. It could create lasting traumas for your kids, which... Like, we saw firsthand with those stories. Of we like, saw firsthand. With some she people. still adjusts the shower so she doesn't have to stand near the drain. Yeah, people still suspicious about like not getting into the pool at night and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, but then also like basically one of the big things is like don't lie to your kids yeah. and because it, it can develop like trust issues. Your kids won't know like when to trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also just like creates like a really weird relationship, and it is. Like, when I asked my dad, like, you know, if he scared me as a kid, he was like, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and saying, like, you know, you don't want to, like, cause that undue trauma. Basically, basically you, don't, yeah. you don't want to teach your kids that they should be afraid yeah. of the world. You don't want, yeah. And that's the, actually, number one when I did the how to scare a child into behaving um, was talking about, like, why you shouldn't call the cops. On your child, because that also, like, creates this, like, weird power dynamic or structure. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, cops, however you feel about them, you don't want, like, I think the bottom line is, like, not wanting kids to be scared of them. Because, like, if there is something bad happening, you know, you want to make sure that your kid can, like, still call the cops, even Mm -hmm. though, like, it's a deeper... Unless your kid issue. is Ted Bundy. Unless your kid is Ted Bundy. In which case, call the cops. Call the cops. Motherfucker. But, but yeah, like saying that you don't, you don't want to make your kids fear the world. Mm-hmm. You don't want to, them to fear like punishment. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do punishments, make it like something that you can get on level with the kid. Be like, well, if you don't clean your room, then you can't go outside and play. Yeah. Like if you, there, there was a great thing that I saw that was like, make your kids work for the Wi-Fi password. There you go. That was like, you, the parents like change the password every day and it's like, okay, ways to get the, you know, your passwords, like, you know, pick up all the clothes off your floor or, you know, like, help mom unload the dishwasher yeah. or something like that. Like, different chores you can do to get the Wi-Fi password. And the Wi-Fi password is cannibal pirate will eat you. Cannibal pirate will eat you. You know, like, they were saying you don't want to threaten to leave your kids behind. They'll have, like, abandonment, you know, fears and whatnot. And I already had that. Like, I had, like, really big emotional attachment things when I was little and, like, scared of being left at school mm-hmm. by my parents. I had to, like, work on the separation anxiety. But other things is, like... At any time, if your parents are going to leave you at the pu- the pumpkin patch, the pumpkinage. The pumpkinage. Yeah. And you don't want to, like, ignore your own bad behavior, right? If right. If you're being bad, then your kids might also become passive-aggressive at you or make things up to manipulate you, too. So you don't want to do that to yeah. your kids. You don't want to, like, also overreact to a, a bad behavior and say, like, don't have a panic attack because your kids broke a rule. Like, right. kid drew on the wall. Don't freak out at them. Just no. be like, hey. Guess what? Let now me you give gotta you clean some, it. Yeah, it's like, let me give you some paper, and you can draw on that, but you're going to have to help me clean up this wall, yeah. right? And then saying, like, don't feel like you're coddling them by not punishing them in, like, such an aggressive way, you know? Yeah. And I think it's like, very emblematic of, like, generational differences as mm. well. When I was in my developmental psych class in college... We like our professor said, if you take nothing away from this class, at least remember never hit kids mm-hmm. and never do meth. Not wow. even once. Not even once. <laughs> Not even once. Man. And those are like the two like big things. my evening plans. Right. Because she used to be a psychologist at a prison. Like, mm-hmm. And so she would look at like kind of firsthand. But also, also she knew people who like did meth once and then it ruined their entire oh, life yeah. after that, right? Yeah, meth is But horrible. she also said hitting your kids is like the number one way to mess up your kids. Yeah. And so... In, in addition to that, I think, you know, mental, psychological trauma is also another way. Your mom with the washing her hands and your right. mom grandma having to Cut be like, thumbs off. well, um, yeah, I told I her she would die. die. Yeah, that's fucked. Like, yeah, don't that's do fucked. That. Yeah. And, like, I think when we're kids, the world is naturally a very overwhelming and scary place mm-hmm. because you are new to it. Right. You haven't been there very long. You're learning a lot of shit really you're fast. You're very and you're small, small and everything's big. You're very small. You have no money, so you can understand the pressure you're under, yeah. to quote John Mulaney. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just everything is super overwhelming because your world the, that you understand is so small, but mm-hmm. there's so much other world out there. So it's obviously going to be super scary because there are things like thunderstorms. There are actual mm-hmm. bad shit that happens in the world. And, like, you don't need to add to that with... And this alligator is going to come and eat your arm. Right. Like, in the case of thunderstorms, my parents would tell me to cover my belly button, right? I'm teaching my niece that. Yeah. She also doesn't like thunderstorms. Yeah, it's like, cover your belly button, you'll be safe. Yeah. My parents just told me, like, because I would get the most scared when we were in the car and a thunderstorm would happen. 
No, they just, they told me because of the rubber tires on the car, we're going to be safe. So I always felt safe in the car Mm -hmm. when there was a thunderstorm because I knew about the rubber tires. Yeah. So it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. The loud noises, it's just like, hey, some people upstairs are having fun. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. So it's like, find ways to, don't think that you're coddling your kid by like protecting them from the horrors. And then, you know, find new ways to kind of, like, get on their level and kind of compromise, I guess, is, like, one of the things. Mm -hmm. And, like, don't freak out. Just be, like, explain very patiently, like, why we don't do the things that, you know, like, oh, you know. I was with my, one of my coworkers and her two little girls who are three and five. Mm -hmm. And we went to the Natural History Museum in D.C. And we were having a good time, except, you know, every once in a while... Tempers would flare with the kids, you know, they're getting hot, they're getting tired, yeah. or whatever. And at one point, the older girl, who had been my best friend all day, punched me. <gasps> and I looked at her and was like, what was that? And she was like, hmm. And I was like, do we punch Do we punch our friends? And then her mom was like, did, did you punch Sasha? And, like, mm. and so she started hiding behind me, and I was like, hey, you don't get to hide behind me, you punched me. <laughs> punched me <laughs> like, and I... So her mom kind of got on her level. Like, I could see, like, she shrank down to her size and was talking about, like, why we don't punch our friends and, like, what can you do to make this, you know, right with you and Sasha. And meanwhile, the little sister, who's usually, like, the older sister's usually the angel and the the little sister's usually, like, the rapscallion. The little sister came over and kissed my arm where (laughs) the older sister punched me. And I was like, wow, you guys, like, did a total role reversal. Yeah. And, you know, so she apologized to me and she held my hand. I was like, okay, but you can't do that to me again, right? Like, I I don't know if I can be your friend if you keep hitting me. And she goes, okay, I won't hit you anymore. Yeah. Okay. And so that was, it wasn't, like, a threat, but it was more of, like, a, hey, friends don't hit, yeah, friends don't hit each other. Dr. Elisa Lucas knows all about it. Right. And then when we went to the butterfly exhibit, the girls really wanted to see the butterflies. They wanted the butterflies to land on them. But then when the butterflies swooped near them, they would scream and freak out, right? (laughs) And so I was like, hey, like, you're going to scare the butterflies, and that's not very nice, right? And you want the butterflies to be your friends, so we have to be very quiet and very still, and then maybe the butterflies will come near us, right? And so, like, trying to find these ways. So it was just very, very interesting to see, like, that, like, the very kind parenting tactics, like, firsthand from my friend Mm -hmm. with her daughters, and then, like, trying that also myself with these two little girls. Yeah, rather than saying, like, the butterflies will drop acid if you scream. (laughs) Drop acid on you or drop acid themselves? (laughs) They will will not take LSD. They will take LSD and make your life LSD and they're just going to be, like, tripping balls and you don't want that. You don't want that. So it was just, it was really cool to see. And, like, these two girls are, for the most part, like, very, very nice people, too. And they will go, like, whenever I've been to their house, they will help their mom clean up. They will help me. They'll, like, take me around and share their toys with me. And so, like, you can see that, like, being nice to the kids creates nice kids. Right. right? I wouldn't say that all of our friends who've been scared are not nice people. No. We're just all very anxious people. Or we have, like, this one weird <laughs> One weird thing. Like, you we can can't... Yeah. totally... Like, my best friend now is not afraid that a man is going to come in the night and inspect her room mm-hmm. for cleanliness. Like, that was, that was a fine one. It was just, like... You know, I, yeah. don't, I don't remember you scared of him. Whatever. It was just like a bit of family lore. It's like, I don't know, I guess know your kid. Yeah. If you're, It's like how in Switzerland they hire a monster clown to torture you the week of your birthday. If you know your kid is going to be cool with that, great, more power to you. <laughs> if you know that's going to fuck your kid up, don't do it. If your kid is okay with having a Chucky doll in their house. Yes. I guess. Sure. But also maybe call a priest and do an exorcism. Just a thought. <laughs> Do you want to hear one story of a child scaring its parents? Yes. Because this is a good one. I collected a couple, but we, yeah. we're running out of time. So, this is from Buznik.com. Very reputable source. Oh, good. I've always heard of Buznik. One user wrote, There are five years between my older brother and I. One night, shortly after I was brought home, my brother was asleep in his room. He heard knocking and scraping around in his closet. He woke, sat up in bed, and watched a man he describes as the devil exit the closet. He walked to the foot of the bed, smiled, and said, I'll see you soon, kid, Ah! and then returned to the closet. My brother, rightfully terrified, went running into my parents' room and immediately told them what had happened. For the next few nights, they let him sleep with them. Just a few nights later, the ceiling in his room collapsed, crushing his bed. (gasps) No! Right? That one 
I was like, ooh, this one's good. Mm, mm. Another. <laughs> Again. Okay. Again. <laughs> okay, so this one is from fatherly.com. The user said that their younger brother got close to their great-grandfather after he had been dead for years. Okay. Ever since my brother could talk, he would tell us about a man he calls Scary, who stands in the corner of his room when the lights are off. Once, my brother pointed to a picture of my great-grandfather, who he has never seen or met, and said, Look, it's scary. You know, I think that happened to my brother, too. Yeah. Not with our, any great-grandfather, but he said that there used to be just, like, a person hanging out in his room. Was it Crawl Space Carlos? I, I think that might have been where Carl, Crawl Space Carlos originated. Oh, so he started out in the room, and he was like, You know what? I don't want to intrude just, on your space. Yeah, I'm going to go, go live in Crawl space. space. Oh, shit, there's wine in here? Yep. I'm never coming out. Never coming out. <laughs> Uh, here's another quick one from fatherly.com one person wrote that their toddler befriended a ghost family Uh I heard her say I said stop they wrote so when I went to check on her and asked who she was talking to she calmly pointed at the AC vent and said the family who lives in the vents the little boy is bothering me (laughs) crawl space Carlos started a family he started a family the last two reminded me also of like my mom being like, Grandpa's sitting on that rock. When oh, they had yeah. The and they're all like, what? Um. <laughs> um, and then also when I was in the bedroom by myself and saw a bug and was like, you better not be what I think <laughs> you are. And then Jack came like running into the room. He's like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> and uh. it's just like a burglar being like, I mean, what do you think I am? (laughs) I guess it depends. I guess it depends. Another kid had a haunted rocking chair. Oh, good. My son had a rocking chair in his bedroom that he was really afraid of. He kept talking about the boy in his chair. No. We later found out that a little boy drowned behind our house a very long time ago. I guess he wanted to play with my son. Oh, that's so sad. And then the last one I have, one woman used to play for hours with someone, quote, I thought an imaginary friend only I could see. But when her mother asked her who she was playing with, she said, oh, it's my brother. Her mother immediately became very angry. The woman never knew why until she learned years later that she did have a brother, one who died the year before she was born. Oh. Right. Everybody's scaring everybody. Everybody's scaring everybody. Everybody in the club getting scared. Yikes. Well, I guess that is our episode on parental scare tactics. Yeah. So if you had family lore about a monster that was going to come get you or whatever, feel free to email us, spoopbarrowgmail.com, and we will read it on a future episode. Just won't be the big amalgam of parental stories that we got today. Whew. Thank we you got to, a lot. <laughs> yeah, we did. Thank you to everyone who shared their little family lore. I just love it because it's like this little capsule of like everybody fam- everybody's family has this different culture. Yeah. And like even like... The scare tactics vary from, like, kind of cute and harmless to, like, oh, my God, what a nightmare. What a nightmare. <laughs> I we, Yeah. I'm, anyway. I'm very thankful that my parents saw the anxiety in me <laughs> from a young age. We'd also like to thank Crawl Space Carlos for being here with us tonight. Yep. Crawl Space Carlos. You're the real MVP. Real MVP. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. You're welcome to BSP, The Idiot Syncrasy Files. A podcast where two idiots debate strange phenomena. I'm Cody, I'm the skeptic. And I'm Chris, I'm the believer. And in this special commercial sode, we're taking you down memory lane and sharing our favorite episodes. What was yours? Um, I liked the simulacra episode where Jesus gets burned into toast and I got to debunk it by burning loaves of bread until we made a rabbit. And yours? Mine, uh, skinwalkers, because that one scared the... You know what? Out of me. <laughs> Out of a lot of people. <laughs> you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts by searching BS Pod PHX. Bye. Bye.